All right, so uh, I know that some of you are still uh, traveling. I don't know if you uh, are watching us uh, online. So I pray that you are coming back to Seattle on time, no traffic, okay, uh, with a, a refreshed body and mind after we had a, a good holidays. So when we are talking about Thanksgiving, what is the first thing that pop up in your mind when I say Thanksgiving? Huh? Food. Okay. Anyone else? What's that? Thanksgiving. When I say Thanksgiving, food. And then? Shopping. Man, you guys are so spiritual, huh? Food and shopping. I don't know whether it's because Pastor Ivan's not here. You guys are just saying, but next year, if Pastor Ivan asks, say something spiritual, guys. Something about, about God, okay? So, but Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving, and I say that Thanksgiving is a come and go, okay? Last, I mean, not last, but the fourth Thursday of the month. Sometimes we also celebrate uh, Thanksgiving on Friday. But we are called to be thankful or to be grateful at all times and in all things, not only just in November. So people, okay, whether they are believer or unbeliever, whether they believe in God or they don't believe in God, they are always thankful for something. Okay? They are thankful for food. They are thankful for family. They are thankful for uh, health. They are thankful for jobs. They are thankful for friends. Anything, right? You can, you can name it. You can list them down. All the things that you are thankful for, okay? People who do not believe in God, they're just thankful for the luck that they have because all those things coming into their life. But people who believe in God, regardless of their religion is, they are thankful for those things, but then sometimes they fail to see the connection between God and the gift. God, the giver, and the gift. And I want to narrow down to us, Christian. Okay? A lot of times we fail to see the connection between God, the source. He is the source of all things, right? He's the giver. Sometimes we fail to see the connection between God and the gift. And I want to give some illustration like this. Most of us... We are students, and we used to be students, correct? Uh, many of us, we came to the United States, we study, we graduate, now we are working. Some of you, you are still students. And majority of us, we study here, and we are blessed that our parents support us financially, meaning that we are taking our parents' money to the state, correct? I mean, I know some of you probably got a scholarship or probably, I don't know, like a grants and everything, but major, majority of us, our parents, right, uh, spend their resources, their money, so that we can have a good education here in the United States. But if we see that only the finances resources or just the money itself, a lot of time we fail to see the connection with God. Because we thought that, oh yeah, so my, my, my parents work hard, or I work hard, 
I deserved it. I have received this blessing, these finances, and then I can just pay my tuition. Uh, there are a lot of people who have a lot of money, but they still fail coming to United States to pursue their education because of immigration, probably. I don't know, because of their health, because of a lot of things. So when I see that, when I say that we fail to see the connection between uh, God, the giver, and the gift is sometimes we just look at the blessing, the gift, but we don't look through that there is God's intervention in anything that we do have in our life. Okay? So today, we are still in the series of branching out, that we do have people outside these four walls, that we do have a ministry. And when we go out from this place, people see us as a Christian who have a characters. And the characters is, we have a thankful heart. Thankful heart. It's Thanksgiving. So we are going to talk about thankful heart. Okay? As I mentioned, again, God called us to be thankful at all times in all things. Okay, in all things means what? In all things mean in all things. Not only just in good things, but in bad things. Whether you are in a mountain, whether you are in a valley, we are called to be thankful. We don't need to be or we don't need to wait until we feel happy okay, or we are okay so that we can be thankful to God, or we don't need to wait until we have so-called a perfect life to be thankful to God, okay? We are called to be thankful at all times in all things, and we can learn from the life of the Apostle Paul, okay? Let's read and open Philippians chapter 4. Six to seven. I'll read it for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Little bit background and setting about the Philippians. Paul wrote this letter when he was in prison. He was not in Rich Carlton or Sheraton or W enjoying the coffee, tea, or whatever. No, he was in prison. And he wrote this, and the first sentence, not the first sentence in this verse, he said that do not be anxious about anything. Why Paul was in prison? He didn't do any crime. He wasn't a criminal. He was in prison because he preached Jesus and the gospel. Can you imagine? He preached Jesus and the gospel, and then he was in jail. But still, he said, do not be anxious about anything. During his imprisonment, so basically, 
uh, Paul was in prison twice, okay, in Rome. First in Rome, and then he was released, and then later on he got into jail again, right? So this is the first imprisonment. Now, during his imprisonment, there are two groups, okay, Christian. Because Paul was in jail, most of us, or most of them, the Christian, they become even more boldness to preach about Jesus and preach about the gospel. Okay? Because they know Paul, even though, even though Paul was in jail because of the gospel, they become even more boldness to preach. That's a good thing. Okay? But also, some of them, they preach Christ, they preach gospel out of their jealousy of Paul. Because of his ministry. I mean, let's say, just to give you an example, right? So, Pastor Ivan and I. Pastor Ivan preached the gospel in Jesus and then he, he got into jail, right? So, I preached the gospel and then I started like a, because I have a, a jealousy uh, over Pastor Ivan and I said like, see, that pastor who is in the jail because he preached false gospel, because he was so... Uh, I don't know, like a prideful. So some Christian also preaching like that during Paul imprisonment out of their envy or jealousy of Paul. But Paul in first 18, if you go continue to Philippians first 18, Paul said that rejoice. I rejoice in these people too. This is what he said. Eighteen, right? Uh, sorry, this is uh, yeah, Philippians uh, chapter one, verse eighteen. I don't think I do have the the slide. Philippians chapter one, verse eighteen. This is what Paul say. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Again, Paul was in prison. He didn't do any crime. He wasn't criminal. He preached the gospel. He preached Jesus. He was in prison. People preached out of his enviness and, and a rivalry over Paul. But Paul said that, I rejoice because Christ was proclaimed. So, when we learn from Paul, he is the person who can be excused from saying thanksgiving or be thankful because of what he had happened in his life. Now, I want to bring to the Old Testament from Psalm 50. The thanksgiving is not something new in the Old Testament, but actually that's what God wants from us. Okay? So let me read Psalm 50 from 7 to 15. This is a Psalm of Asaph. Okay? So, a little bit Bible study. Who wrote Psalm? Okay. Who wrote Psalms? King David. That's the half truth. <laughs> because 
out of 150 Psalms, David wrote only 73. Okay? Psalm 50, it was written by Asap. Who's Asap? Asap is a song leader, right? The chief of minister who got appointed by David. So, verse 7, he said, that, Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goods from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle of a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice, thanks offering to God. Fulfill your vow to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Psalm 50, 14, 15. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. So, today is a good reminder. The sacrifice of thanksgiving is that God's will in us. Okay? That's why when we come every Sunday to the church, we sing a song. When we sing a song, this is the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Out of our thankful heart, we sing a song to God. We praise Him for His, good, His goodness and His loving kindness. Again, if you read Psalm 50 and then all the way to 23, this is what God says. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. So when we come to the altar, I think I like what, what Irma say. When we come to the altar, we lay down everything. We don't have to put aside our burden. We don't have to put aside our worriness. We don't put aside our weaknesses. We just come with the boldness to the altar and lay it down. Because in weaknesses, God's grace is more abundant. That's what we are thankful for. Now, today is a good reminder for us to what we are thankful for in our life. We know that we are attributing to our thankful to God, the giver. Okay. My number one point. We are thankful for his grace and truth who is in Jesus Christ. That's something that we are thankful for. When we read uh, Psalm 50, God mentioned, call on me and I will deliver you in the day of trouble. Talking about salvation. Right? And Psalm 50 uh, verse 23 also mentioned, but you got, sorry, uh, Psalm 50, 23 say that those who sacrifice thanks offering honor me and to the blameless I will show my salvation. So talking about salvation, the one thing that if you cannot find one thing, your salvation 
is a reason for you to be thankful to God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in His presence. In love, if you look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, it ended with the in love and then verse 5. It's very interesting why in love. Because God's love, there's nowhere in the Bible that God say, I love you if you do blank. Remember this, there's no way in the Bible that says, I love you, God say, I love you, if you do blank. God say, I will bless you if you do something, yes. Yes, throughout the Bible. I will discipline you or I will punish you if you do this, yes, throughout the Bible. But in love, there's no one, not nowhere in the Bible that say, I love you if you do something. That's why we call it unconditional love. There is no condition, not a single condition for us to get the love of God. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 say, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. God's love is always an initiative, not a response. When God loves us, it's not because He responds us. It's not because we go to church every Sunday. We pray every minute in our life. No. God loves us first. And that's something that we can be thankful for. Or we should be thankful for that one. Even when God disciplines us or chastises us, Hebrews say that's the picture of God's love to us. Okay? Just like a parents, our parents. They will discipline us when we do mistake, right? And we have to be grateful for that because it's, it's that a reminder for us. It means that they love us. That's because God loves us. Now, if you go back to Ephesians, I'm sorry, Philippians uh, chapter. Um, chapter 4, right? And he said that, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which surpasses all understanding. Now, when we are talking about the peace of God, what is that? It's the love of God, right? When God loves us, God reconciles with us, the sinners, 
that's giving us peace. And Paul say that peace of God surpasses of our understanding. Now we are tempted to try to explain about God's love in our life, or even try to explain about God's love to to somebody else, right? I mean, I can explain you the love of God according to doctrine A, and then doctrine B, and doctrine C, and doctrine D, okay? But I'll tell you the truth that we cannot explain the love of God 100% completely. Because why? The Bible say, the peace of God surpasses our understanding. So you, you don't have to. If you don't understand, that's okay. That's a gift of God. His love is too big for us to comprehend. His love is too big for us to understand. And again, we cannot attain it, right? We cannot earn it. It's an initiative from God, not a response from God. That's the love of God. But we have to be thankful that God is a rational God. When Jesus said that, love your God with all your heart, with all your minds, with all your strength, God give us mind so that we can understand Him. Yes, not completely 100%, probably 9.9%. Yes, with our minds, we can rational God. Sometimes we cannot rational God. This is the second point that I want to remind you that we need to be thankful for his promise. He promised us the helper who is the Holy Spirit. So first, we are thankful for his grace and his truth in Jesus Christ. And we are thankful for the Holy Spirit because we can receive that gift. We can receive that love. We can relate. We can Understand, probably if not completely, because of the Holy Spirit. You are here, speak of, of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 said that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So where's the Holy Spirit now, guys? Where's the Holy Spirit? In you, in us. As we are called to walk with God, moment by moment, our life, we are living with God's grace. Okay? We live in the presence of God. I do believe personally when Holy Spirit come into our life, He come not into pieces. You know what I'm saying? When Holy Spirit come to us, He came as a whole, as a Holy Spirit. Okay? When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit is in you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is in you. But our experience with the Holy Spirit can come into pieces. When I married my wife, right, I didn't know her 
completely 100%, even until now. Right? But as I walk with her, as I live with her, I become knowing based on my experience. It's the same thing like the Holy Spirit. Yes, Holy Spirit is in you completely, 100% as a whole. But our experience with Holy Spirit could become into pieces. And we need to be thankful for that. As we pursue the righteousness of God, Holy Spirit will help us because He is our helper. In Romans 8, 26, that Holy Spirit is the helper who helps us in prayer. So when we are praying, Paul mentioned that we pray for everything, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer. So we pray everything. Everything. Bad things, good things, all things. Point number three. We are thankful for his body, the church. When we receive Jesus as our Lord, we receive salvation. He promised, and we already received the Holy Spirit. And Jesus created an institution called a church because he knows we cannot walk alone. We cannot live by ourselves. Look at us. This is the body of Christ. I'm thankful that I'm part of IFGF Seattle, right? I know we are not perfect, right? I think, I don't know if uh, I came to IFJ Seattle in 2017. I don't know whether before 2017, IFJ Seattle was a perfect church or not. But since 2017, IFJ Seattle was no longer a perfect church because I'm here. And I'm sorry, guys. As long as I'm here, this church cannot be perfect. But I'm thankful for that. Because that's our weaknesses and we don't have to impress anyone in this place. We are here just to be faithful because God is faithful first to us. Oftentimes, our enemy, the devil, try to steal or to change our identity. As a church, look at guys, yeah? As a church, this is the context of the church. What Jesus say about us? That we are the salt and the light of the world. Jesus doesn't say that you will be the salt or you will be the light. No, no. You are the salt, the salt and you are the light. Our call is not to fix the world. I don't think that's our job. Because we are not going to live in this world forever. But our call as a church is to be a safer place for people outside in this room. The world is going to be chaos, even chaos. In this world, you will have trouble. 
That's what Jesus promised. But our call is to be salt and the light so that we can be a safer place for people who need His salvation. Colossians 3, verse 12, say this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and passion. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. He's talking about the church, guys. And offer all these virtues put on love, which bind them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I want to close with this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's a command. Give thanks in all circumstances. Paul is too wise to say that give thanks for all circumstances. He said that give thanks in. You don't have to be thankful for COVID-19, but you can be thankful in COVID-19 situation. You don't have to be thankful for the accidents that you have, but you can be thankful in that situation when you are in the valley. So after all, this is the comment from God. Want to increase all of you whether you are in valley in the valley whether you are in the mountains if you have a worriness anxiety present that bring that to the altar of God his love is an initiative not a response let's stand up Just like um, Maverick say that we are thankful for all the ministers, all the people in this church. I'm so encouraged, guys, to see all of you here, to see all these people, your faithfulness, your commitment, your dedication. And this is that what Jesus told us as one body in a perfect unity let's increase one another let's build up one another let's exhort one another pray for the heart that we can not only look at all the blessings that God has 
given to us, but look at through, look through those blessings. What is the purpose? It's not a coincidence that you are here in this church. There's a good purpose. And everything that we do, we do it for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our head. Heavenly Father, we cannot say thank you enough for your love, for your grace. In all circumstances that happening in our life, we want to offer our thanksgiving. We want to bring the sacrifice of our thanksgiving heart, Father, unto you. Father, help us, Father. When we pray, we can pray about anything, about everything. We pray about big things. We pray about the little things. We don't want to wait for the little things to become a big thing so that we can pray for. But we want to start pray a little things in our life we thank you Lord Jesus for your love that initiates that invite us we thank you Lord for the Holy Spirit that you give in our life help us Father to be more sensitive to the voice of Holy Spirit Help us, Father, and guide us in every step of our life. Whatever we do, wherever we are, we are called to glorify your name. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your church in this place. This is our family, Lord. This is our family. Help us, Lord, to love one another to embrace one another. Yes, we are not perfect. We do a lot of mistakes. We sin. We fall. But we are thankful, Lord. Because your love unites us so that we can embrace one another, that we can build up another, that we can encourage one another. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for today. Thank you for the reminder. Let us celebrate the Thanksgiving, not only in November, but in every day in our life. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. As we depart from here, Lord, we receive your blessing. Keep us in your presence. We don't want to go without your presence as your promise to us that you will be with us forever and ever the Lord bless us and keep us the Lord 
make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. We receive your peace in your presence as we depart from here, Lord Jesus. We are no longer afraid, Lord, because you are faithful and you are with us. Emmanuel. Thank you, Lord, in your beautiful name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.